Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, we're going to be talking about failure as I am joined by author and serial failure, Andrew Thorpe King. Andrew wrote the book, Failure Rules. He knows all about failure as he suffered things anywhere from divorce to bankruptcy to being fired to family estrangement, but he's came out the other side. He even calls himself a failure prepper. So we're going to be talking to him about failure and why failure is not necessarily a bad thing, even though you don't go out there just expecting to fail or trying to fail. So, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Curtis. Appreciate it. Excited to jump into the topic. Absolutely. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Yep. So my name is Andrew Thorpe King. Uh, background is uh, primarily both in the music industry and in finance. Um, I was an entrepreneur most of my life and a creative all of my life. So, uh, you know, I've done everything from, um, you know, I own two record labels, one punk, uh, street punk, oi, psychobilly label, Sailor's Grave Records, one hardcore metal label, Thorpe Records, owned a fitness center, online lending companies, uh, lead generation companies, uh, I've done bodybuilding shows, written a spy novel. Uh, and now I work in financial technology and banking, uh, in fintech banking in the payment space. And um, recently wrote this book, as Curtis mentioned, Failure Rules, The Five Rules of Failure for Entrepreneurs, Creatives, and Authentics. And, uh, you know, like Curtis mentioned, uh, while I've had many successes, I've also had many failures. I think it's really the failures that have most buoyed me and shaped me for future success and give me the right posture, whether it's, uh, you know, a posture of gratitude, a posture of discernment, a posture uh, of, uh, of, of vision and uh, of, of uh, thinking in ways to reinvent and renew myself. And so I, I wrote this book on the value of failure and how we can premeditatively think about failure before it strikes, even though we do try to avoid it, like Curtis mentioned, uh, and, and think of ways that we can um, shape the chaos of our failures to our advantage as we as we uh, allow it to mold us into, into uh, new beings on the other side. So before we jump into the actual topic, just just tell us how you got started in the music industry. Yeah, sure. So ever since I was probably in middle school, I became enamored with uh, uh, punk rock music. It was, you know, the the, the angst, the energy, the creativity, uh, the raw kind of vitality of punk rock music always struck me. Uh, It was something that really kind of uh, aligned with... uh, I guess my own sense of my own unique identity in the world. Uh, and so there's always been like this soundtrack to my life. I mean, even this book, I have a soundtrack on Spotify and Apple music of the songs that helped inspire me to write this book and inspire me to overcome some of the challenges I write about the book. So music's always been there for me. Um, so uh, it was probably in my early twenties when um, I was actually uh, laid off from a job as a bill collector uh, and in that empty failure space, uh, I could hear my internal spirit voice kind of guiding me to like take that risk and and go after uh, you know pursuing the career in the music industry, and that's when I uh, started my first record label, Thorpe Records, and uh, you know 
over 20 years later between the two labels. I've released over 100 records and on the rights to you know over 100 recordings and about half as many merch contracts. And uh, you know, music's just always been there to, to buoy me. Okay, well, you you talk about yourself as a serial failure. What do you mean by that when you say serial failure? <laughs> well, I think. I think the reality is right when when we're we're going after things that are difficult or we're going after things that might invoke the highest use of our most unique uh, talent stack, you know, which is something we ought to go after that when we're doing that, we're we're necessarily going to be traveling on more difficult paths that are going to be, you know, more ripe with potential failures and difficulties and challenges and hard times. Right. So as I've endeavored to do that, to kind of marry money and meaning and go after, uh, you know, these North Star aspirational dreams along my path, I've encountered a lot of failures. And, uh, you know, so I would say as much as, you know, I guess I, I'm a serial success in some ways, right? There's always degrees. I'm also a serial failure. And I think a lot of people want to ignore that. They want to whitewash the, the failure parts of their lives. And the reality is there's so much value in what we can learn from failures and what we can teach others about how to view them. And, uh, you know, I think it's really just uncovering that value and unearthing that, 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 uh, prompted me to want to write this book and and share it with the world and it's not just about my stories there's tons of other case studies in here uh layered in to kind of bolster the lessons and the five rules of failures i mean everybody from legendary boxer jack johnson to um author stephanie land who wrote the maid there's a show on netflix uh, about her story to captain tony Terracino, who used to be the mayor of uh, of key west florida to stephen pressfield the author to gene simmons from kiss to you know, all kinds of people um, that, that I, I put in this book to give a kind of a wide, wide selection of, uh, of, of case studies to make really these lessons and, and uh, rules come alive. Well, you raised an interesting topic, p- perfection and, and failure. So explain perfection and failure and how, how they go hand in hand. Yeah, I, I don't know if the perfection, it's more like, you know, difficult you know, difficult pass and failure, right? So when you're going after, you know, something that is uh, unorthodox, when you're uh, trying to go after a non-traditional career path or life path uh, with, you know, a higher degree of danger, a less probability of success, but something that, that has the potential for higher meaning, I think that it's also then more ripe with, uh, you know, punctuations of failure. So, yeah, that would be my assertion. Okay, you you talk about the five rules of failure. So explain what your five rules of failure are that you talk about. So failure rule number one is failure purifies. It's the idea that the phoenix must burn to emerge. That when we encounter failures, uh, when failures strike in our lives, that it's often if we step back and we kind of remove our emotional uh, uh, you know, uh, involvement in the event, and we invoke more an objective third party ob- observational kind of position that we can look at our failures and see that, you know, oftentimes it could be really for our benefit. There might be old thinking that needs to die, old ways of being that need to die, new ways of being that need to emerge, you know, faulty foundations that needed to really kind of crumble. Uh, and so I think oftentimes it kind of burns off a lot of kind of accumulated waste in our, uh, in our lives. And there's a real opportunity to reset and rebuild in a better way. Um, and so that really takes, you know, kind of a oftentimes a more uh, thoughtful, introspective approach to our failures, both before and, and during them, 
Uh, and I think that's really an important, um, you know, important part of, uh, of viewing failure. So that's failure rule number one, it's failure purifies. And one example I go through in the book is professional bowler, Thomas Smallwood. So his story is he's a blue collar working class guy in Michigan, was working at the Ford plant uh, and got laid off. And he, he has a quote where he says, um, you know, the worst thing that ever happened to me was getting laid off, but it led to the best results. And so his story is, you know, as he was laid off, he was in this empty failure space, right? Uh, and similar to me with the story I just told about when I was laid off. And uh, he, you know, really dug deep and heard his internal spirit voice and, you know, was, was identifying what he needed to do to really kind of go after his highest, most unique skills. And for him, that was to become a professional bowler. And so while he's laid off, still looking for the practical mechanisms of a regular job to get back on his feet, uh, you know, he's, I think, engaged to his now wife at the time, you know, wanted to start a family, all of that. He still went after that pursuit uh, and ended up entering some bowling tournaments, scraping up $1,500. Long story short, in the period while he was still laid off, when the Ford plant went to go call him back and recall him to his job, he was able to say on the phone to him, sorry, I can't take that job. I'm now a professional bowler. But if you want to watch me on ESPN tomorrow, go ahead. So it literally came true within that failure space. That he was able to actualize that latent dream that he uh, might not have uh, really ignited had he not fallen into that failure space to really, really be able to see it clearly. So that would be an example of kind of failure purifying us. Okay. Well, I, I know you touched on a couple of them, but tell the listeners about some of your failures and, and kind of how you, like you say, failure purified you and, and how you handle yeah. it and bounce back so one in particular i would say there was a it's probably right, right around the time i began writing this book and was convicted to write this book uh, i was going through two twin failures one was a, a business divorce which really forced me to reorganize my work life and my income composite as well as a marital divorce uh which i you know really was suffering from from you know the emotional you know, shrapnel of that and, and trying to reorganize my life. And so all of a sudden I found myself with no office to go to by day, no home to go to by night, living in a hotel room temporarily apart from my children. Uh, you know, and I had a decision to make in that empty failure space. You know, I could wallow in it and I could, I could slide into alcoholism and I'm no stranger to alcohol. I love my bourbon. But uh, instead what I did is I invoked, a, you know, what I call the divinity of purpose, which is a phrase I use often in the book. It's in the definition of terms within the book. And divinity of purpose is, is you know, comes from a song by that same name, by this uh, metal band Hatebreed. The singer Jamie Josta wrote the, the song Divinity of Purpose. And that song really buoyed me during this time. And I really found ways to you know allow that failure to purify me and renew me uh and it, it resulted in, in in five very tangible efforts that really happened in that space so uh one i ended up uh, consulting in the online lending business uh and and some one of those consulting gigs ended up turning into a a, a proper partnership for a lead generation company that became very lucrative uh i ended up uh, starting my career in corporate uh, banking in the fintech space and got a job in that space, which for me at the time was a big deal going from online lending, which was was, was less formal than corporate banking. I mean, it was almost like going from being, you know, a, a porn star to a regular actor to kind of migrate into that space. And that was a big deal. I've now been doing that for 10 years. Uh, also uh, finished my first spy novel and released that, reinvested my record labels and, re and kind of uh, resuscitated them with some some great record releases uh, and then also uh, began writing this book failure rules so there was like really five threads that were really born out of that failure space so in that empty open space i was able to really uh, stretch myself reinvent uh, and move forward on multiple fronts and so 
um, that would be kind of one example of, of how, you know, failure really induced some creativity and forward movement for me in my life. Well, I know you talk about them in your book, but but tell us about some of the biggest influences or failure stories that you saw may, maybe from other people, whether it was personally in your life or maybe a celebrity that, you know, said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to draw strength and energy off of this person here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I think one of them would be... Uh, one of the books that really inspired me to write this book was by James Altucher, the podcaster, investor, chess player, uh, you know, entrepreneur. Um, he, he wrote a book called Choose Yourself and just the rawness and, and, and the vulnerability of him talking about, you know, his divorces and him losing millions and, and trying to gain them back and then losing them again and his zigzags and ups and downs was really inspiring. I mean, one of the things he always talks about is, is uh, you know, generating ideas and, and practicing uh, generating ideas. He carries around, uh, you know, a waiter pad and writes 10 new ideas down a day, even if he doesn't use them just to practice that muscle of generating ideas. Uh, and so I think that's something that I really took to heart and always think about uh, when I find myself converging into failure spaces is always having a backlog, a redundant, you know, list of ideas. I, unlike him, I keep a cigar box full of uh, sticky notes of little ideas that come to my head. I haven't looked at it in years and but it's there if I need it. And I can go look at ideas, uh, you know, about, um, you know, how to move forward. And, you know, some of those ideas actually were ideas that were ended up being ingredients in the book. So James Altucher would be one. Vince Flynn, the spy novelist, is somebody I always admired. He's, he's since passed away in 2013. But, you know, I have a chapter in the book about him and uh, just the idea of, uh, you know, time is not your friend. Get busy living uh, instead of, you know, or, or you're busy dying. Uh, and, you know, he his story is that he... Um, you know, he wanted to be a Marine uh, and uh, ended up getting, um, you know, was disqualified for the Marines because of a concussion he had when he was younger. Um, so he had kind of a failure event there, uh, but he was still trying to find this this North Star aspirational uh, pursuit that was worthy of his life. Um, ended up working, at, you know, at a macaroni and, you know, at, at a craft for craft, uh, you know, for craft macaroni and cheese, selling mac and cheese, ended up selling commercial real estate, but none of it was really scratching the itch. It was all kind of, you know, this faux life for him. Uh, and so he decided, well, you know, I can't become a Marine, but I can, you know, write about that life. And he had this story formulating in his head, which really revolved around this character, uh, Mitch Rapp, uh, which is you know, the protagonist or, or anti-hero most in his stories. Uh, and, um, and he decided to, to write. And so he wrote his first spy novel and he took the big risk of quitting his day job and, uh, just bartending at night and writing all day. Uh, you know, and eventually after many failures, even with that, it took four to five years, but eventually he was able to build a career out of that. And so he's another one of those stories where, you know, he was, he was also dyslexic. So he wasn't even really prone to be a good writer, but he overcame that too. So. Um, you know, rejected from publishers. So he was disqualified from the Marines, rejected from publishers and and uh, was struggling with dyslexia and still overcame all of that, was able to to peg himself to his North Star dream and align with his calling journey and kind of escape, which, would, you know, what would otherwise have been kind of a, a, a less eventful life where he wouldn't really have been maximizing his highest talents. Well, you talk about in your bio how you must love yourself regardless of failure. So uh, kind of expand on that and explain to the listeners what you mean when you say that. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a key point too. Really, it's just having that kind of non-attachment identity, right? Where your um, failure rule number five is you are not your failure. So it's the idea that you really need to detach from the optics of failure, decouple your identity from failure, see yourself as the eternal being, uh, see yourself as something separate from what happens to you or what happens in your life, and know that you can always resketch your life, right? And really allowing the spiritual to lead the physical. Um, you know, I referenced the book by Kamal Ravikant in, the, in my book, his book, uh, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. Uh, you know, Kamal had, had failed as a CEO, uh, was very depressed, was living off his credit cards, could barely get out of bed, was falling into the abyss, ignoring messages from friends. And, you know, at one point, Kamal looked in the mirror and decided that, you know what, I'm just going to decide to love myself. And he started kind of saying these mantras over and over again about loving himself, which which sounds like some sort of, you know, kind of like, you know, woo-woo kind of uh, practice. But uh, the reality is the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves are very powerful and we need to pay attention to them. Uh, and we should not, you know, uh, denigrate our own beings by telling stories that are, are, are uh, disparaging about ourselves. You know, we really need to see ourselves as, you know, living, living sparks of divinity, uh, no matter what our situation is. And I think having that kind of mindset will help us as we travel through failure spaces in this life. So tell listeners kind of what they can expect when they read your book and, and where they can pick it up at. Yeah, so it's failure rules, the five rules of failure for entrepreneurs, creatives, and authentic. So, I mean, this is really, uh, you know, a blueprint to help you kind of shape your mindset around not just failures, but around the idea of marrying yourself with your calling journey, of finding ways to marry the practicality of of the necessity of money in this world with with the uh, the higher kind of strivings towards maximizing. Uh, your unique talents in the world, uh, often in unorthodox ways. And so that's what you'll discover in this book. You'll see, again, all kinds of awesome case st studies, everything from J.K. Rowling uh, to Henry Rollins to, like I said, Vince Flynn to you know, billionaire Sarah Blakely, all kinds of people, and, and my own stories. Uh, uh, the, the book is also, you know, very much... Uh, rooted in some, uh, some some punk rock flavoring, since that's my thing, and has some cigar culture kind of references too, since I'm steeped in cigar culture as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, I took seven years to write it. Uh, the structure really revealed itself over time from, uh, from draft to draft. Uh, and I think it really came out really well. And, you know, I think the biggest compliment I've gotten from readers is that they say it's accessible. Uh, it's not a short read. It's uh, 480 pages, but there's lots of spacing uh, and it's structured in such a way where, I mean, you can even pick up a chapter standalone and get something out of it without having to read it sequentially. Um, but uh, great ratings on Amazon. Check it out there. You go to Andrew Thorpe King with Noe on the end of Thorpe, and you can uh, you know get, get into my Instagram and follow me on Instagram at Andrew Thorpe King, on YouTube at Andrew Thorpe King. Um, and I got some great merchandise too on the website. Soul and Fire Supply Company is uh, a merch company that I started to echo the, the themes of the book. Um, but yeah, go ahead and, and, and give it a read or give it a listen. The audiobook's awesome too. Pick up the audiobook if, if that's your thing. Okay. Uh, do you have any current or upcoming projects besides your book that you're working on? Uh, other stuff that, you know, listeners need to know about? No, I think the book is really it for now. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay promoting this for several years and you know, be doing a lot with it uh, from an event standpoint and, and do some speaking and coaching around the topics of the book. Um, so that's also, you know, one of the things that I'm involved with and uh, some great YouTube videos around the topic. So, um, yeah, just going to be keep talking about these themes and, and keep, um, you know, trying to gain the trust of readers. Okay, well, 
throw out that contact info one more time and also talk about and it close us out with final thoughts maybe something i forgot to talk about that you would like to talk about it just any final thoughts that you have for the listeners along with that contact info again sure sure andrewthorpeking.com is the website no e on the end of thorpe you can find the book anywhere books are consumed online in all formats go check it out um, you can also find me at YouTube at Andrew Thorpe King and at Instagram at Andrew Thorpe King. And there's a free failure rules mini course on my website that you can get. Uh, and then you'll also be signed up for the email list for, for ongoing content delivered to your inbox. Uh, final thoughts, I would just say home, home in again on failure rule number five, you are not your failures. Learn to detach yourself from the optics of failures. Uh, learn to uh, decouple your identity from failures. See your failures as a teacher, uh, not an undertaker and find ways to, uh, shape the chaos of your failures to your own advantage so you can become the next version of yourself that's optimized. All right, ladies and gentlemen, andrewtharpking.com. If you are someone that's looking to look at failure through a different lens, please be sure to pick up the book, follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible. And if you have any guest suggestions or topic suggestions see jackson 102 at cox.net is where you can send them to be sure to tell a friend about the show andrew thank you so much for joining me today thanks for having me curtis appreciate it for more information on the living the dream podcast visit www.djcurveball.com until next time stay focused on living the dream dream